What up, everybody? Welcome to Table for One Dumb Boy Premium. I am going solo today. Uh, figure what I'll do for this one, uh, since Dorian is having a lupus flare up. Uh, I'm going to just go through all the fucking movies I saw this year, because it is a shit year. I'm going to talk about every fucking single one of them. Just go through them, tell you how I feel about them, whether they're worth checking out or not, whether they're worth skipping. And boy, I ain't seen a lot of them this year, so it won't be a four-hour episode like you think it would be. Uh, so let's just get through it, you know? How about that? Um, I have seen a combined total of 16 movies this year, and that is in comparison to last year. I saw 57 2018 releases last year. And uh, a lot of that has to do with movie pass, um, which people shit on, understandably so. It was a format that just didn't seem like there's th- there is any way that it could have fucking worked. And it didn't, ultimately. I don't even know if it's still around. I still have my card as a collector's item, though. But I saw 57 fucking 2018 releases because of movie pass. So I liked it. And last year, I mean, there was a lot of good shit that came out. I can't say for certain that movie pass. If I had movie pass now, I would have seen the exact same amount as last year. But just from seeing what has come out, I doubt it. I mean, it's just not a lot of good shit this year. Uh, we've more than made up for it with some releases that came out this year, which I'll obviously get into. Uh, some I've gone into detail on other podcasts, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Us, The Beach Bum, stuff like that. So I'll just start with what I've seen in order. Like first movie I saw this year up to the most recent uh 2019 release. So the first movie I saw this year was High Flying Bird, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. Uh, you know, it's starring Andre Holland, Zazzy Beats. I'm a fan of both of them. Andre Holland, uh, you know, which I first saw in Moonlight, which is, you know, arguably one of the best movies of the past decade, if not in the top five, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's very... I'm not a huge Steven Soderbergh fan, first of all. Uh, I don't hate Steven Soderbergh, but he, he he's one of those dudes like that... Kind of like Ty Siegel, who I'm a big fan of. I like Ty Siegel a lot, but lately it's been like quantity over quality. And I feel like Steven Soderbergh has to put out like five movies a year, and it's like, how many of those are actually good? One, if we're lucky... So, like, he just churns out shit constantly, and, and, you know, I understand that you're constantly wanting to put something out, but, like, take a page out of Paul Thomas Anderson's book. Put something out every five years or so, or Quentin Tarantino's book, or these, these you know, highly regarded, like, auteurs. I don't know if you consider Tarantino that, but uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, certainly. So, that, that that's kind of my beef with Soderbergh, is it's 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 just... Quantity over quality, and this this isn't a terrible movie, you know. It's a, it's a you know during an NBA lockout, a sports agent presents his rookie client with an intriguing and controversial business opportunity. Uh, and you know, I don't know. I mean, if that's something that would interest you, go for it. For me, not the greatest thing in the world. So. 
possibly skip that one, but if you're a fan of Steven Soderbergh, you'll like it. I, there's some, some pluses of it. Uh, it was filmed on an iPhone, and this is kind of a thing Steven Soderbergh has taken to the past few years. He did Unsane on an fo- iPhone, which I, I liked way better than this. Um, and you know what I found out about the movie Unsane, actually, uh, just doing some digging the other day? I watched the Blair Witch Project on... Uh, I forgot what app it was. It wasn't Shudder. It was something like that. Which, by the way, if you don't have Shudder, get Shudder. It's a great fucking app. Um, I wish they would sponsor the show. That would, I would definitely plug the fuck out of them. But anyway, I watched The Blair Witch Project. And I found out uh, one of the the dudes from it, the guy with the long hair and the beard in the movie, he was in Unsane. He was the stalker guy from Unsane. Uh, Joshua Leonard is his name. And... Being a being in creepy ass shit's his game, I guess you would say. <laughs> Pretty fucking funny, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna kill myself. Um, anyway, so that was the first movie of 2019 that I saw. The second movie was Us, and I've seen Us three times. I'm a big Jordan Peele fan. Get Out turned me on to being like. Okay, I'm on board for for seeing what kind of horror movies this guy can put out because I like horror. Horror is probably one of my favorite genres, if not my favorite. Sci-fi horror, I'm a big, big fan of both. Uh, he's very good at it, just from what I've seen. You know, Get Out kind of, you know, makes you made me want to see what more this guy can do. But it is still a little early to say. You know, people are calling this guy the master of horror. And it's like, this guy's made two movies. He's made two horror movies. One of them's knocked it out of the park. The second one, out of the park. Up until the last fucking act. I love this movie up until the last act. Other than that, it's a perfect fucking movie. But the part at the end, spoiler alert, where she's uh, her her uh, uh, um, doppelganger uh, tethered person is explaining her backstory. It's like, it's so fucking corny and over the top and just like, it's just too corny. The, the shit with the ballet dancing and stuff too. It's like, come the fuck on, man. Felt it felt a little black swanish, and that's and I don't know. No, it just felt very corny and unnatural, and I didn't like it. And I felt like Jordan Pills should be held to a higher standard than that. The reason being, Jordan Pills' first feature, Get Out, was it won an Oscar. So instead of people being like. You know, well, it's just a movie. You know, get off his back. It's a, it's just a movie. It's like, yeah, but the motherfucker is held to a higher standard because he won an Oscar for his first movie. So you get to make these critiques about it. And I just don't think Us is nearly as good as Get Out. Um, that said, though, it's one of the better movies of this year because this year sucks. Um, as we all know, this year is fucking terrible for movies. Um... But yeah, I mean, everybody knocked it out of the park. I like Tim Heidecker in it. Um, and, you know, everybody did great. Everybody did great in it. Uh, Lapita Nyong'o does great. Winston Duke does great. The children are both great. Tim Heidecker, Elizabeth Moss, all knock it out of the park. But, like I said, that last fucking act where her tethered person is explaining the backstory is just a little bit too fucking corny for me and i didn't like that about it so 
that's really all you can say about it. If you want to hear more about it, me and Chris Ivey recorded a whole fucking episode about us. Uh, he disagrees with me. Uh, he thinks it's better than Get Out, which is insane. I, I don't understand how anybody could agree with that, but I mean, to each their own. Uh, the next movie that I'm going to discuss is Dragged Across Concrete. That's the third movie I saw this year. This most certainly is one of my favorites of the year so far. I love this movie. And say what you will about fucking uh, 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 Mel Gibson. Sure, he's a racist. Sure, he's an anti-Semite. Sure, he has some very disturbing mental problems. I mean, it's all right there in, 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 in a recording of the guy. But man, he's really good in this fucking movie. And I don't know if this was supposed to be a slap in the face to him for him to like pay his dues for some shit that he did in his past. But him and Vince Vaughn are both fucking hilarious in this. Um, and uh, Craig Zoller, the guy that directed, is is very, very, very quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, up and coming directors. But the story is two policemen, one an old timer, the other is volatile younger partner, find themselves suspended when a video of their strong arm tactics becomes the media's uh, cause de jour. Low on cash with no other options, these two embittered soldiers descend into the criminal underworld to gain their just due, but instead find more than they wanted awaiting them in the shadows. Uh, it's very gritty and bloody, and uh, there's one scene, there's a bank robbery scene, I don't want to spoil it, but it will fucking make your heart sink into your fucking stomach. Very brutal, very gritty, uh, Parts of it are funny. I re- I just I love this guy's directing style. It's very um 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 exploitation. Uh, like like there's a t- like a little pinch of exploitation uh, in his films, but there's also this grittiness in like uh, 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 film noir uh, elements to it as well. It's like a very perfect mixture of like my shit. Um, and with each movie, he becomes better. Uh, he, like he's only gotten better with each one. Uh, Brawl and Cell Block '99 is movie before this one. I liked a lot, and I, I you know, I don't want to say Dragged Across Concrete's better than that one or or vice versa. They're both about equally good. They're both good in their own right. Um, but it's definitely better than uh, uh, Bone Tomahawk, which isn't a terrible movie. It's 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 one of his first features. I think it's his first feature. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not like a diehard fan of this guy, but I slowly am becoming one. But um, it's worth, they're all worth checking out. He's kind of like the next Tarantino, in my opinion. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's made that comparison, but they do have, he, he, he reminds me of like young Tarantino. And uh, in his own right, though, like he's very, uh, he's got his own distinct style of filmmaking. Like you can tell it's a Craig Zoller movie when you watch it. And, uh, I love it. One of my favorite movies of this year. Um, so, the fourth movie I saw this year was The Beach Bum, directed by Harmony Korine, who, Harmony Korine, I won't say he's one of my favorite filmmakers. I do love all of his movies, but, you know, when we're talking best of all time, like, I like his movies, not my favorite, but as a person, I find him very interesting, and I, I, I enjoy watching interviews with him. He's a very interesting person. Uh, leads a very interesting life. Makes very interesting movies. I think Gummo is one of his best. This is uh, definitely... This is his masterpiece, The Beach Bum. Uh, 
It's about this guy, Moondog, who basically is just this uh, parrot head, uh, uh, which if you don't know what a parrot head is, like hardcore like beach bum Jimmy Buffett fans uh, that are going through a midlife crisis and just party too hard, basically. But it's just, uh, you know, follows him around. It's the misadventures of Moondog, basically. Um, he uh, is just a train wreck completely. He uh, used to be a somewhat successful poet or a really successful poet, he write these little uh, really crappy poetry. Like, it's just this half-assed, like, talking about his dick and shit, and it's really, it's funny uh, that this guy, like, the, to think that this guy, like, this, uh, ascended to, like, the level of popularity and success that he did. And you have, like, uh, critics, you know, praising his work and stuff. And it's, like, about him taking a piss after a night of sex and talking about looking at his uh, chub... And he's like, uh, I forgot what the words that one of his poems, but he's talking about like looking at his dick after he's like, and I'm just imagining it uh, after a night inside of you and just stuff like that. It's really funny, but it's about him kind of um, not really uh, learning that there's consequences for his actions, uh, but still continuing to do it anyway and really not having consequences for it. Like, he kind of just does whatever he wants, and there, there's no moral to the story. And I think that's interesting, because usually stuff like this, it's a cautionary tale. But this one, it's just like he's rewarded and finds a way out constantly, and that's just kind of how it is for him. And that's how he spends his life, and it's played flawlessly by Matthew McConaughey. Jonah Hill in this movie is fucking fantastic. He's like, besides like Moondog, probably my favorite character. Martin Lawrence in this movie, what a comeback! What a comeback! He's a tour, a dolphin tour guide that uh, has a uh, cokehead uh, parakeet that he feeds coke to. And I mean, it's just watch this movie. It's on Hulu. I, it's hard to say, but it's definitely in top three movies of the fucking year. Absolutely fucking knocks out of the park. Harmony Corinne's masterpiece. I love it. You'll love it. Check it the fuck out. Very good. And uh, I'll, I'll just say this real quick. This year hasn't churned out a ton of great movies, but the stuff that is good has been very good. I will say that. It's just the the the, the sheer amount of it this year doesn't match to 2017 or 2018. But yeah, uh, anyway, uh, the next movie I saw was Lords of Chaos, directed by Jonas Ockerlund. Um, which is about, uh, it's said, th this is what the letterbox description of it is. A teenager's quest to launch Norwegian black metal in Oslo in the 1990s results in a very violent outcome. The teenager, uh, is, uh, in the band Mayhem, uh, which is a very popular black metal band, uh, famous for, uh, the guy's famous for getting stabbed to death by uh, Varg Vickerness of the band Burzum. Uh, you don't have to be interested in that whole story to enjoy this movie. It's an interesting true story. The way they, the reason I liked it, they paint it as these guys is what they kind of are, which is just nerds. They're just fucking dorks that that, that play dress up. And I thought that was an interesting approach to this movie instead of like kind of going with the whole, uh, uh, what's the word? 
mysticism, I guess, behind the whole story because over the years I've followed this story since I was in high school and used to be a really big Burzum and uh, Mayhem fan. I used to have a really kick-ass Burzum shirt, but I would not be caught dead wearing that shit now. He's a very well-known uh, white supremacist uh, Nazi. Uh, pretty sure of it. He has a YouTube channel now, by the way. If if that if you're interested in seeing what that guy, a guy who stabbed a guy in the head multiple times uh, and is out of prison, what his YouTube channel's like, go check that out. But yeah, you don't have to be necessarily invested in the whole story or like interested in the whole story. I liked it. I liked the way they told it. I liked how they didn't really simp- like go with the whole uh, mystique and like mystery of the bands and like paint them as a uh, uh, these like crazy badasses kind of. Uh, there was one uh, the uh, vocalist for Mayhem before he committed suicide. And it shows this in the movie. He uh, his name was Dead. He went by Dead, and um, he would like used to bury himself and like cover himself in dirt and stuff, so he would smell like death I guess and like being buried to where it would like add to this whole showmanship and stuff of the whole performance and I find that very interesting it's kind of dumb but like I would I would have loved to see a mayhem show live like it's it's it, from what I've seen and heard and read about very uh interesting performance art um but yeah uh if that Tickles your fancy, check it out. I liked it a lot. Um, you know, very, I don't know, it, it, it's not getting like a lot of praise, and I'm not like boosting it up as like one of the best movies ever, but like so far this year, it's one of the better ones I've seen. Uh, I liked it a lot. Not a lot of people like uh, uh, agree with me on that, but give it a shot yourself. Form your own opinion about it. The next movie I saw this year was uh, the remake of Pet Cemetery. Um, and this movie's universally kind of got shit on. Um, I didn't absolutely hate it, honestly. I think Pet Cemetery, much like It, and I haven't seen It Chapter 2, so let's just get that out of the way. I've not seen It Chapter 2 yet. I'm going to go probably see it tonight, maybe. Um, but I think Pet Cemetery, much like It, um, it's just hard to adapt that into a movie or a TV miniseries or anything like that. Um, it's just, you're not going to do it justice. Uh, the first Pet Cemetery movie, that's the first movie I was ever fucking scared of, is the first Pet Cemetery. My dad used to watch it, used to scare the shit out of me. The part where he's at the doctor and the dead body, uh, the, the corpse is talking to him, that always scared the fuck out of me. I remember that is the first fucking thing in a horror movie that scared me shitless and gave me nightmares was Pet Cemetery, But this isn't the worst remake uh, or adaptation of it. Uh, I think the way they deal with grief in this is very um, interesting. Like, if you've read or seen Pet Cemetery, you know the part where the kid gets hit with the 18-wheeler. And in this movie, it is handled... Um, pretty well I thought I, I I felt like I, I did feel creeped out honestly like it did its job of, of of creeping me out I don't know if that's because of my attachment to the 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 original 
But I, I think you could have done worse, honestly. Uh, so, I mean, it's worth checking out if you're a fan of horror. John Lithgow is fucking amazing in it. Uh, he was kind of the selling point for me, honestly. I'm a big Pet Cemetery fan, but, man, John Lithgow was the, definitely the selling point. I was like, he, the, the, him is uh, Judd really... When I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, man, I guess... Now I think about it, you really can't do better than him as Judd. John Lithgow's great in horror movies. If you've never seen Brian De Palma's Raising Cain, it's worth checking out. Um, Jason Clark, who plays the father in this, not the best actor, but and he gets shit on, but, you know, give the guy a break. It's, the, it's not the worst thing ever. It's not the worst thing ever. He does okay. So, Pet Cemetery, check it out if you want to. If you don't, whatever. Don't, don't, fucking don't, you know. Now, I don't, this, this is the next thing I have on my list of 2019 movies that I've seen. And I don't know, since it's under an hour long, I don't know if you if this counts, but I do want to uh, just briefly, very briefly discuss it, is uh, Guava Island with uh, Donald Glover. <sighs> Donald Glover and Rihanna, actually. Uh, this isn't for me. Um, and I don't know what it is about Donald Glover he rubs me the wrong way. I like the show Atlanta. I like the guy that directed this. He directs all the episodes of Atlanta. I like it. Uh, that. I like the guy. I think uh, Donald Glover's talented. No mistake about it. He's talented. Something about him, though, bothers me. I think... I imagine him being the worst person ever to fucking be around. I imagine him being so fucking arrogant. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong about the guy completely. But... I don't know, something about him I just don't fucking trust. And I think that, that that leaves me at a bias when I watch stuff that he does. But like I said, I like Atlanta a lot. I don't like the This Is America video. Um, I think straight up he fucking stole uh, that other song, the one that he was accused of. I mean, it sounds too fucking similar. That's one thing that rubs me wrong about him. I think he fucking did that. I absolutely do. So fuck this movie. Don't check it out. It's on Amazon Prime, but don't. It's not worth your fucking time unless you're like a diehard Childish Gambino, Donald Glover fan. The next movie, and I seem to be the only one that wasn't really feeling this movie, is Under the Silver Lake. <coughs> and I'm going to give it another chance, but I don't know. Here's the thing with Under the Silver Lake I've seen The Big Lebowski. I've seen Inherent Voss. I like both of those movies already. The Big Lebowski, top 10 movie of all time for me. I, th I think it's maybe the best comedy ever besides Kingpin. Both Bowling movies, by the way. Both of my favorite fucking comedies of all time, Bowling movies. But this is just a watered-down, shittier version of The Big Lebowski mixed with Inherent Voss to me. And... What you get with Inherent Vice and the Big Lebowski is two likable protagonists. I like both of the protagonists in the Big Lebowski and uh, Inherent Vice. In this one, I don't like Andrew Garfield's character. And honestly, I don't think I like Andrew Garfield, period. Um, it's directed by David, Rob David Robert Mitchell, who uh, directed It Follows, another movie I'm not a fan of. So I guess I'm just kind of chalking this up to I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of David Robert Mitchell's work, I guess. But it shot. I'll tell you this, man. Whoever his cinematographer is, uh, whoever David Robert Mitchell uses for cinematography, 
uh, is amazing. Like his movies look crisp and beautiful. Uh, Mike Giolakis, I'm saying that wrong. Probably that's his cinematographer. His cinematographer, but um, excuse me. But um, yeah, I guess it's just not for me. I'm gonna give it another shot. I'm gonna give it another shot, but I honestly can. I, can I be honest with you guys? I didn't finish it. I could not get through it. But I'm gonna sit down and force myself to watch it after Mind Hunter, of course. I'm nearly done with season two. And by the way, for everybody wondering, uh, I know that y'all have stayed on me about this. Um, I'm out. Me and Dorian started Stranger Things, um, and it's very good. It's a very good show. I like it a lot. So. Yeah. Oh man, I'm about to unscrew this fucking mic stand. Tighten this up a little bit, guys. Sorry. Alrighty. Now we're good to go. I hope that didn't make any weird fucking noises. Anyway, under the Silver Lake. Not a fan. Uh, I'm gonna give it another shot though, so hopefully I don't regret saying that. Uh, the next movie, another Netflix movie. But it was very surprising. Netflix doing okay this year, I'll say that. Uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Directed by Joe Berlinger, starring Zac Efron and Lily Collins. John Malkovich in this movie, too. Big fan of John Malkovich. Haley Joel Osment, also in this movie. Jim Parsons in this movie. Not a fan of him. Fuck the Big Bang Theory. Garbage. I love my mom to death, but anything she recommends to me is trash. Big Bang Theory, she has recommended to me multiple times. I'm not going to fucking watch it. But this movie, surprisingly decent. It's a uh, biopic of uh, Ted Bundy. But the thing that's interesting about this is they paint it and frame it as a love story. And I thought that was interesting. And I think Zac Efron is fucking slept on. Hey, guess what movie he's fucking amazing in? This one and The Beach Bum. Two fucking movies this year where he's great in them. So if you're interested in Ted Bundy and the story of Ted Bundy and the romance between Ted Bundy and uh, his love of his life, I guess, check out Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile uh, on Netflix. The next movie I saw was uh, How Off, directed by Claire Denis. Uh, this movie is shot fucking beautifully. I knew when I saw the trailer. I've always said this. You show me a trailer with a spaceman in it, and he's wearing a spacesuit, and it's like shot really well. I'm fucking seeing it. I can't wait for Ad Astra to come out with Brad Pitt. Um, so, yeah. But this movie lost me a little bit. R-Pat's in it. You know my boy R-Pat's in it, and I love R-Pat. Big R-Pat fan. Um, he's in it. Knocks it out of the park with his performance. Uh, Andre 3000's in it. Knocks it out of the park. But I don't know. I need this one. I need to watch again. But um, yeah, it, it, it seems worth your time. I'll say that. But it, it kind of lost me. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what this movie's about. I'm gonna have to watch it again. So how off? My opinion on that remains to be uh, seen, so I'm not going to really speak on it. I've seen it, lost me, something about cum, something about cum, something about a, a, a space scientist collecting cum. 
So yeah, uh, I'll 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 keep my uh, opinions on that to myself till I see it again. The next movie uh, I saw this year was very controversial movie from a very controversial director, Gaspar Noe. Uh, it's Climax, and I like Climax. Me and Dorian watched this. Dorian didn't like it. I thought Climax was good. It has that Aphex Twin song in it I like a lot. <coughs> Window Licker, I think is the name of it. Um, but yeah, it's it does a really good job of making you feel like shit, and I think that's what good art does. Um, the synopsis is young dancers gather in a remote and empty school building to rehearse on a cold and wintry night. And let me just say, like it's, it's, it reminds you of, uh, the hotel on the shining where they're located. So keep that in mind. It's just like, man, it, it's really terrifying. Like you imagine him being there is very scary. Uh, the all-night celebration soon turns into a hallucinatory nightmare when they learn that their sangria is laced with LSD. And I don't know, like, he does such a great job of making you feel like you're there with them, and this is like the last place on earth I would fucking want to be. Uh, it's terrifying. Uh, I think it's, this is most definitely a fucking horror movie. Um, and I really want to see it again. I want to give it another watch. Uh, I'm not like super familiar with Gaspar Noe's work. I know that he makes like shock value porn basically. Um, so yeah, uh, I want to check out more of his work and I liked Climax a lot. It's worth checking out. It's really fucking creepy and scary and terrifying. You feel like you're there in the bad acid trip and it's more than just a bad acid trip. So just watch it. Anyway, on to the next film, and this one is definitely one of my favorites of the year. I have not seen the director's cut yet, which I'm thinking after I record this, I might take a shower and go hop at the uh, 1235 showing of the director's cut of Midsummer, directed by Ari Aster. Um, boy, I'm telling you, okay. If we're going to call Jordan Peele the master of horror, then Ari Aster deserves to be named that too because his record is more flawless than Jordan Peele's in my opinion Hereditary and Midsummer are both flawless fucking uh, horror movies or psychological thrillers whatever you want to call them it's, they're both flawlessly knocked out of the fucking park uh, and whereas Get Out's perfect Us is perfect up until the third act so Ari Aster so far has a better streak in my opinion than Jordan Peele and is slowly becoming the master of horror uh, his movies are very much in the same vein as like Rosemary's Baby and shit like that. Like just very cerebral horror. Um, a young uh, a young couple travels to Sweden to visit their friend's rural hometown and attends its midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly descends into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. What more do you fucking want as a horror fan? It's just, it's such a good idea for a, a film. Uh, I thought it was flawlessly executed. It's uh, 147 minutes long, which is uh, two hours, 27 minutes long. Uh, and honestly, I'm going to, it uses every fucking second of that runtime perfectly. Much like Dragged Across Concrete. Same thing with Dragged Across Concrete. It flawlessly uses the runtime, and it's just, it's very well made. Uh, I love it. Definitely going to be in the top three this year unless, well, I don't know. We still got some more shit coming out. We got The Lighthouse coming out, and we got Joker coming out. Which, by the way, if 
you hadn't seen the Lighthouse trailer, go check that out. Man, it, it, if there is a movie fucking made for me, it's that one. Directed by Robert Eggers uh, that made The Witch. It's Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, black and white. Two pirates, two old fucking salty fucking pirates uh, abandoned in a lighthouse. It just looks beautiful. I can't fucking wait to see it. Um, but yeah, enough of that. Um, next movie I saw was The Last Black Man in San Francisco, directed by Joe Talbot. Um, and it was written by Jimmy Fails, who plays Jimmy Fails in this. I guess he's playing himself. I don't know if this is based on <coughs> a true story or not, but uh, it's very heartwarming. Uh, not, you know, not at the top of my list of favorite movies of the year, but I thought it was very well done, and I'd like to see more stuff from these guys. It reminded me of last year's Blind Spotting a little bit as far as how it makes me feel. It felt like it was trying to tell too many stories at once. Like, it should have stuck to just one thing, I feel like. Um, Jimmy Phil's dreams of reclaiming the Victorian home his grandfather built in the heart of San Francisco. Joined on his quest by his best friend, Mont, Jimmy searches for belonging in a rapidly changing city that seems to have left him behind. Um, not out of the park performances in this. Um, I'll tell you what, Mike Epps kills it in this, but the real heartbreaker, I nearly fucking cried at Danny, uh, Glover's performance in this. He just fucking kills it. He is so good in this. Uh, so yeah, black, last black man in San Francisco is definitely worth your time. Uh, sitting right at two hours. Dorian didn't like it, but you got to knock a movie out of the park for her to like it. She's not a big fan of, I guess, art house movies and stuff like that. Um, she liked Hereditary, but that, I think that's about as close to art house stuff as she'll get as that. And she hasn't seen Midsummer, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what she thinks of that. Uh, I'll tell you, she did like this one that we went to see, and she was very surprised at what it was about. She thought it was going to be a horror movie, I think, the way I described it. And I have gone on extensively about this. I'll talk about it briefly. But uh, my favorite movie of the year so far, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <coughs> I think this is, without question, Tarantino's best film. Uh, you gotta set aside the nostalgia for his other films and just look at the piece of work it is. I think that it's a culmination of everything he's done in one, you know, nearly three hour long film. Like Midsummer, like Dragged Across Concrete, it utilizes the uh, runtime perfectly and flawlessly. I love this movie. Uh, the soundtrack's amazing. They use fucking Rambling Gambling Man by the Bob Seger system, which if you don't know me, I'm a big Bob Seger fan, and I love that song. I have actually driven around L.A. listening to that song. Um, he uses uh, Vanilla Fudge's cover of You Keep Me Hanging On by the Supremes uh, for the climax of the movie, which is such a good climax, one of the best climaxes of any of his movies. Brad Pitt's fucking great in it. What a handsome man. Leo DiCaprio fucking killing it in this too. Leo DiCaprio is the next Jack Nicholson. He's even favoring Jack Nicholson. He looks like Jack Nicholson now, does he not? Looks like a young Jack Nicholson. It's wild. So I think we have a lot to look forward to with Leo in the future. He's already underrated as far as I'm concerned as an actor. I, I know that sounds crazy talking about Leonardo DiCaprio, but I feel like everybody I know doesn't appreciate him as much as I do. Look at his body of work for fuck's sake. The Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, this, this, 
is a fucking amazing movie. And it's Tarantino's best. I, I, I do not mind saying that. Uh, at all. At all. It's absolutely his best movie. So, yeah. Here's uh, the next movie I'm going to talk about. And we're nearly done. So, we've nearly gone through all 16. So, this goes to show you what a great year of movies it's been. Uh, for the most part, though, the ones I've named, I like. So, you know, I guess it could be worse. Um, this has gotten me wanting to watch High Life and Climax again. Definitely going to see that Midsummer director's cut today, possibly. Um, but this movie, you can find it on Hulu. It's a documentary, um, which, gee, it looks like it's the only documentary I've seen that's came out this year. Uh, it's the Amazing Jonathan documentary directed by Ben Berman. Ben Berman uh, is a director of stuff like the Eric Andre show and Tim and Eric and, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. You know, he's he's worked with like Tim and Eric and stuff like that. Um uh, so, this documentary is about the amazing Jonathan. It, uh, here's the here's the description of it. What begins as a documentary following the final tour of a dying magician, the amazing Jonathan, becomes an unexpected and increasingly bizarre journey as the filmmaker struggles to separate truth from illusion. Uh, I don't want to spoil this. If you hadn't seen it, just go watch it. But this description doesn't do it justice. Uh, I'd prefer you to go in blindly. The Amazing Jonathan does shit on here that you didn't expect. Uh, you find out shit about him you didn't expect to know. Like that th this guy would do. Um, you learn... I, you can't really say much about it without spoiling it. Because it, it really... It, it throws you for a loop. Uh, and really surprises you. It's not what you think it is. It's not just a documentary about it, The Amazing Jonathan. It's really more about the filmmaker, the guy that's making the movie, and uh, what he's going through filming it. So just blindly go into it. Don't watch the trailer. Don't watch anything. Uh, and for the final 2019 release that I've seen so far, and this is so far, you know, Joker hasn't come out. The Lighthouse hasn't come out. Uh, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, hasn't come out. So, like, we... There's there's a lot of stuff, you know, uh, still still coming out that will probably be fucking amazing to me. But um, this movie I thought was fine. It's gotten a lot of shit because um, people think that I guess it's sympathizing with a known former Nazi. Uh, but... The movie Skin, directed by Guy Nadev. Uh, a destitute young man raised by racist skinheads and notorious among white supremacists turns his back on hatred and violence to transform his life with the help of a black activist and the woman he loves. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, I've seen American History X, so why did this need to be told? Well, this is based on a true story about a real guy and a black activist that helped him out in the end. Uh, I didn't get any Nazi sympathizer vibes for it. I understand that it's a redemption story about a man who's done terrible things, but I don't know. It, it doesn't seem there's there's not any other way you could tell it. Really, you know, maybe maybe they could have done without the including the actual guy in it and uh, doing the whole thing where at the end of it it says like you know so and so has been doing this and blah blah blah. I thought the more interesting story for this would have been the black activist guy 
that uh, investigated them and uh, eventually ended up siding with them and helping them out. I think his story would have been more interesting. That's the route I would have went with this film, but, you know, it's still not the worst thing in the world. Uh, it's worth checking out. It's on Amazon Prime. I, I rented it, wasted money on it, I feel like, uh, you know. But, you know, three ninety nine, you can't really beat that. <coughs> so, yeah. That's all the movies I've seen this year, though. Like, I could sit here and, you know, tell you some that I anticipate, like Joker and uh, The White House. That's the only two I can fucking name, apparently. But what's the point of that? You know, like, you already know. I've, 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 I've said it a hundred times. I think what I'd rather do is just talk about some stuff I watched recently. Here's some recommendations for... Um, just real quick, I'll just go through these real quick. Here's some recommendations on stuff that I've watched recently. Um, if you don't have Shudder, get Shudder, if not just for the Joe Bob Briggs uh, movie marathons. It's very nostalgic. If you grew up on Joe, Bro- uh, Joe Bob Briggs like I did, it's very great. Shudder's knocking it out of the park. The movies he does are great. He does Chud. He does... Um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Reanimator, all my favorites. So that's great. Um, and Shudder's collection is just amazing, the stuff they have on there. Um, like recently, I watched Jack Frost for the first time. The horror movie Jack Frost. It's so stupid but funny. Like Definitely worth checking out if you just feel like pissing away an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, there was a documentary on Shudder called Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror. Uh, it's just a very interesting history of black cinema. Um, if You you need to get the Shudder subscription to see it, and it's just worth it. Just get the Shudder subscription. It's great. It starts like talking about Get Out and how that kind of reshaped black cinema, like horror movies and stuff, and then kind of goes into black representation in movies. And, you know, normally... I don't like watching stuff about like representation and stuff and you know not because I'm against it obviously that's fucking silly it's just you know I'm already hear enough of it on Twitter and stuff but this is very tastefully done and well done and makes a lot of good points and I liked it uh we're checking it out it's got a lot of good recommendations on it too for stuff you hadn't seen like you know uh black exploitation movies uh goes into the whole uh uh, what black exploitation is, how it got it, how it got black representation wrong, stuff like that. I thought it was, thought it was interesting. Liked it a lot. If you're into uh, filmmaking and movies, worth checking out. Here's something I saw on Shutter. I don't know why it's on Shutter, but um, it is. It's Nicholas Winding Refn's uh, one of his first movies, Pusher, and it's so good. It has Mads Mikkelsen in it. Uh, and it's just about this uh, guy who is basically indebted to his uh, drug dealer. Uh, a guy he gets fronted drugs to, like, ends up getting chased by the cops and having to throw the fucking drugs away. And then he's indebted to him like a hundred grand. And it's him just basically trying to scramble to figure out ways to pay this fucking guy back or get away. It's just really well done. Uh, if you're not familiar with Nicholas Winding Refn, he made Drive, he made Only God Forgives, he made The Neon Demon. Uh, I think he has a new show on Amazon Prime I need to check out. God, there is so much shit I need to check out. Currently, I'm watching The Righteous Gemstone, Stranger Things, Mind Hunter. Um, now I'm watching Power because Dorian watches that dog shit. Um, which, honestly, it's not a terrible show. But the acting's terrible. It's very soap opera Um 
but yeah, I'm just I'm watching so much shit now, and you know, I, I was recommended the the new Nicholas Winding Refn show, so maybe when I'm done with Mine Hunter, I'll check it out. But uh, also, yeah, if you haven't watched The Righteous Gemstones, what are you doing? Everything Danny McBride and Jody Hill does, you need to fucking watch. That's my shit right there. That's my shit. Danny McBride and Jody Hill stuff, the Foot Fist way, fucking Observe and Report, Eastbound and Down, Vice Principles, The Righteous Gemstones, fucking, they wrote the new Halloween movie, I think. No, I don't know if Jody Hill did, but yeah. Um, but yeah. That's just some stuff worth checking out. Pusher is so good, though. So good. I watched Heat again recently, too. God damn. What a perfect, like, 90s L.A. action movie. Absolutely fucking amazing. Here's something I won't recommend uh, that I watched recently. From a filmmaker I, I, I became a fan of last year with his release of the movie Mandy. Which, Mandy, whew, it's on Shudder, guys. If you hadn't seen Mandy, get the Shudder subscription to watch that. But, uh... His uh, first film, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Wow, what a fucking snooze fest! The set, the score is awesome. It's shot fucking amazing. Um, but nothing happens. It's just absolutely style over substance, and just not really worth your time uh, unless you want to watch a fucking two hour long screensaver. Kind of like Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey is, as far as looks amazing. The score is great. Nothing happens. It's fucking boring. Maybe if you saw it in a theater or something. But yeah, I think that's going to be it for me. Thanks for subscribing, guys. Today is my birthday. I just turned 31 fucking years old. Um, if you want to, spread the word about the Patreon, please. Uh, that'd be the best gift to me. Hell, if you want to, Venmo me and cash at me. I could use the fucking money right now for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm halfway kidding. I could use the money, but if you don't, obviously no pressure. You, are, you guys already pay $5 a month for this. Uh, and my apologies for the tardiness on this. Oh boy, I, I, I've gotten, I got really tied up uh, this past week. But uh, I've decided that uh, I'm not going to put the pressure on myself to put this out on an exact day. I just want to make sure every week that y'all are getting a bonus episode. Uh, there's no specific day, but it will come out each week. My apologies about uh, this past week. Uh, you know, uh, if you all ever have any problems with that or don't feel like I'm uh, meeting the, the, the expectations y'all should have, that y'all have over uh, the bonus content I'm putting out, please let me know. But, you know, $5 a month, you can't really beat that. Um. Spread the word about it, guys. Spread the word. I'm I'm really trying to make something happen with this, and uh, I would. I mean, I would love to do this for a living. It'd be a fucking dream come true. Just do this in comedy, Whew, the dream. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and stay tuned next week for another episode. Bye.